Our sponsor for the podcast, Ahrefs, has an awesome set of tools that have become an industry standard for just about every SEO out there. For instance, if you're not getting any real significant search traffic, Ahrefs has tools that can help you find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see the estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their keyword explorer tool, and that can help you create content that would drive more search traffic. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. Welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Thank you for joining us. It's time for another installment of our ongoing series, Better Know an SEO Pro. And today's SEO Pro you ought to know about is Shelly Fagan. Shelly has been a digital marketing consultant since 2002, so she's been making websites, doing SEO and marketing for about 18 years now. Uh, for the past year, she's also been the brand ambassador for SEM Rush. She's also a contributor to Search Engine Journal, and this year she'll be one of four columnists sharing the Ask an SEO column, which is our uh, SEO advice column. Uh, she's also spoken at numerous PubCon events over the past five years. You may have also seen her at Digital Summit, American Marketing Association events, SEM Rush events, or uh, if you live in the Texas area, uh, local events in Houston, Dallas, or Austin. For about five years now, Shelly has been part of the board of Search Q, uh, which is for, uh, short for Houston, I believe. Uh, correct me in a minute if I'm wrong, Shelly. I'm not pronouncing that one. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, Search you. Okay, formerly serving as president in 2018 and 2019. And you can find her on Twitter at Shelly Fagan. Shelly Fagan, welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. It's uh, so great to have you here today. Hi, Danny. I'm, I'm honestly super honored to be here. I'm excited and looking forward to this all week. So, yay. Yeah, and this is actually Shelly's very first podcast, so it'll be nice and gentle with her as we uh, bring her into the world Please. of podcasts. Yes. <laughs> So cool. So for people who may not know you, um, you know, we listed you as a digital marketing consultant. So could you maybe uh, just tell us a little bit about what, uh, you know, what you do, what services you provide to your clients? Sure. Um, so it's kind of faceted in that I, if you ask me what I do, I'm a technical SEO. Um, but I'm also, you know, I started as a web developer. I still do a lot of development. Um, it really goes hand in hand for me because I'm very fanatical about um, well-built code and site speed um, and things like that. So I do a lot of site auditing. And then a lot of times um, if the, the client needs it, I will help them with the technical issues that they have on their website. Um, I have a lot of other auditors in the industry that send me referral business as well um, for fixing technical issues. Um, and so it's been great. I, I love it. I love um, helping small businesses. I also work with a lot of bloggers. Um, 
and just help them achieve better rankings. Awesome. Sounds great. All right. And yesterday I put out the word on social media that I would be talking to you. Um, and I figured I'd start off with a few fun questions because Mary Davies, uh, who you know well from Beanstar, uh, Beanstar Marketing. Yes, we all love Mary. Uh, she she had given me this great, uh, great little list of questions to ask you. So I thought that would be a fun way to, to sort of kick us off here. So Of course. All right. So first question, what's the favorite part of your job? Oh, boy. Um, honestly, I, I like to teach. Um, and so even when I do audits, um, my audit review calls, they're pretty lengthy and sometimes we'll break them up over multiple calls. So they're easier to ingest. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I really like to walk people through and teach them in a way so that they really understand why they have the issues that they have mm. and how to actually fix them. Um, I don't like to just hand someone a piece of paper and say, this is what's wrong with your site and why you're not ranking. Um, I, I'm very much a hand holder in a lot of ways, but I like to feel like these people have come away educated. Um, probably, probably, I think a big part because just I'm very passionate about the industry um, and it doesn't quite feel like a job to me. Um, I just love it. So I get excited to talk about it and teach it and share that passion with others. But I also feel like, you know, people, I've unfortunately had a lot of companies that have come to me that have worked with not so great um, SEOs or, or maybe they spent a fortune to have their website built and turns out it's really not the quality site that they thought they were buying. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's devastating. Um, and so for me, I've, I've dealt with a lot of issues over the years and it just really hits home. It hurts my heart, um, especially if it's affected them in a lot of ways. So for me, I've always combated that with um, education. Mm -hmm. um, I do my best to try to teach them, you know, basic things to look for and um, what's important and what's not and, and things like that um, as best as I can just to help prevent um, you know, future issues and just give them a little bit of power in mm -hmm. controlling their site. So, right. That's interesting. Now, did you sort of start out that way or did you sort of learn along the way that like the, the teaching and sort of handholding that you talked about, is that something that you developed over time or is, is that just sort of always been the way you've done it? Well, you know, it took me a while to recognize that, mm -hmm. um, in myself, um, I feel like I've always been that way. And um, it's really funny because I'm sure you're going to ask me about my history speaking. Um, but, you know, for the longest time, I really didn't get out there and do much speaking. And um, I realized, like, I, I think everyone has a little bit of, like, imposter syndrome. And what do I have to teach these people that are so sure. great already? Yep. Um, and it's kind of one of those things. And then I realized, like, it dawned on me, um, well, I love that's pretty much what I'm doing anyways. Um, when I sit down um, in a boardroom or sit down with clients, I, I've always been that way. And and yes, sometimes I get glazed over <laughs> staring my way that like sure. totally confused. Mm -hmm. And usually I try to read that and adjust the way I'm talking to people. Um, but for the most part, I've always gotten such really great feedback um, from people that it just always kept me doing that so um getting that positive 
feedback and hearing people say, you know, you're the first person that actually took the time to sit down and explain this to us in a way that we understand and we get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is just super rewarding to me. And so I feel like it was an evolution, but really I've always kind of done that Um, from the beginning. I don't know. Oh, that's very cool. Okay. All right. So next question that Mary asked, uh, as a woman in our industry, what are some of the challenges you have faced due to your gender? Oh, boy. So that's always one of those questions. Um, I'd like to say none, um, mainly because I think my biggest challenges just come from myself, my battles with the ways that I personally hold myself back. Um, but, um, you know, I have, you know, I haven't had any issues within the industry. I know a lot of people have, and Mm -hmm. some people are very outspoken. I've had nothing but, um, just met some amazing people who've always been kind to me. Um, and I haven't felt that side of things that some people do. Mm -hmm. Um, probably my closest experience with being a woman, um, and I don't know that it's necessarily a woman thing for me um, in that I, I did have a client that I worked for um, a few years ago and we're in Texas. So we have very much Texas good old boy type, you know, mentality CEO. Um, and I I dealt with the marketing team almost exclusively. Um, I didn't do a very good job of going in and explaining a lot of the stuff that I've been talking to the marketing team about to the CEO. And then a guy kind of swept in that was older and more distinguished and, and honestly had, he had been in the industry for a while, but he also had a lot of bad ideas of things that we've been taught over the years that that type of SEO and those type of techniques are not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, That maybe they worked really well 10 years ago, not so much today. And and so I did experience some issues with the fact that the CEO ended up leaving this guy over me. Mm. That is really to the extent Mm -hmm. of the issues um, that I've experienced. And honestly, I couldn't say that it's necessarily because I was a woman. Um, If you don't know, some people think I'm much younger than I am. Um, So I feel like maybe it was uh, they didn't realize how experienced I was. Um, Mm -hmm. I get that a lot. And um, I'm like, you know what? I've been in this industry just as long as this guy has. Um, So I really had to exert myself in that situation. and kind of stand up for myself and and eventually the guy got me out so it, but the funny thing was several months later the company came back to me and asked me to come back because not surprise surprise <laughs> <laughs> the person they hired to replace me came in and did some shady work mm-hmm. after they had been they had already been penalized for many years. So this company was very susceptible to issues. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things. But unfortunately, I started working with their competitor. So they kind of lost me. So uh-huh. honestly, if other than that experience that I felt like putting me up against someone who seems older and more experienced to the naked eye, Mm-hmm. type thing you know really yeah. that's only been my my experience everything else has been very positive um not to say other women have not you know experienced 
any prejudices, you know, in the industry. But honestly, I feel like it's an advantage to be a woman in this industry. Don't hate me, people. But seriously, I do. I mean, I've been able to get my foot in the door at places I feel like I probably wouldn't have if I wasn't a woman, just because there's this pressure for, you know, to to be 50-50 and, you know, and to split things. And, and so I'm actually very happy for that to have that opportunity but at the same time i hope it didn't come at the expense of someone who was better than i was mm-hmm. um if that makes sense so yeah yep. yeah it totally makes sense and you know what that that sounds like just a case where and you're a parent so you know those that sometimes you gotta let your kids make mistakes and same thing you know with clients sometimes you have to let them screw up so they see that you're right so it's um, exactly true and it's happened more than once not in the same way but Yep. I've had many clients come back. Sure. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. And then you're just proven more valuable right there. So that's cool. Okay. So uh, we'll come back to more Mary questions in a little while, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit or have you talk to me a little bit about, uh, so you're a brand ambassador for SEM Rush. Oh, and I, I have to always check this. How do you SEMrush. pronounce it? <laughs> SEMrush or SEM Rush? <laughs> I have always said SEMrush. Really? Um, okay. All right, so you're wrong, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) I know there's this constant debate in the industry about what's the. I totally get the logic between SEM, and sometimes because I've been around so many people now, um, I find myself saying it both ways. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't, I'm not exactly sure why, but I always read it like some rush. Maybe. Interesting. Okay. Still wrong, but okay. uh, so what? So what is the uh, what is that you do for them basically? So what does being a brand ambassador entail for you? And how sorry, how did you get into that? Good question. Um, so honestly, when I first started, um, I was the the community manager for the brand new Facebook group that was launched. Um, I think in two thousand eighteen, um, or maybe it was. Yeah, it's either, yeah, it was 2018, I think. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. I feel like the last, like, couple of years have flown by. They really um, But, yeah, they have. So, um, really, honestly, it started at PubCon. Um, you know, my good friend Melissa is the editor, and um, they had the team at SEMrush had been speaking with her about needing to finally start a Facebook community. Um for their subscribers. And they kind of told her some of the things that they thought like they needed to have out of a community manager. And Melissa's like, you need to talk to Shelly. And so it was really great. I sat down, um, had, um, you know, I think that was at, I feel like it was in November that year. So Mm -hmm. almost immediately by the time December started, we started planning um, this, group that and then I think the group launched sometime around April so mm-hmm. um, and I got to be a part of I ran the group for about the first year um, and then slowly phased out of running the group and solely was just a brand ambassador for some action okay. so um, when that happened I just basically as a brand ambassador I go around and I speak at some events um, some out of which I actually usually was always speaking at PubCon. I've spoken at uh, before I worked, obviously, for some rush or sure. for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I continued to go and, and get a chance to do stuff when we, um, we've actually had some really cool events that piggybacked off of um, different conferences. Um, we did a really great workshop in Vegas a couple of years ago. Um, we did a fun little, um, oh gosh, not, I wouldn't call it a workshop. It was just more of a showcase some of the new features and have a cocktail hour type event that we did down in Florida. Um, and then I got to do a, a couple road shows this year. So it, that was a lot of fun. Um, one I just got to attend and it was just wonderful in Minneapolis. Um, and then I got to speak up with um, some of my cool, awesome search buddies, um, Greg and Damon in Dallas. So it was a lot of fun. That was a great event. Um, had an amazing turnout. It was just it was a really neat new structure that we did there. But um, on top of that, I did a lot of um, digital summits this year. So I think we're five of them. So that's basically what I've done um, as far as being a brand ambassador. It's just um, I use the tools, um, but I've used the tools since the inception of the Summers tool set. Right. So mm -hmm. um, actually, one of the first things I did when um, I got access to um, my admin account when I started working in the Facebook group is go back and look and see when I first signed up for, for some Russian. I, um, it was like December of 2008 or whatever. It was like two months after they launched oh, wow. the company. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember back then how in awe I was yeah. of the tool because there was really nothing out there that you could put in a website and see which queries they ranked for. And that, for me, that just sparked so much um, new capabilities and excitement. So it was always one of my tools that I always kept. Mm -hmm. And I had a, a really nice grandfathered rate of 1995 for a really long time. <laughs> wow, that's, that's old school right there. I know, right? Yeah. I, know. Um, mm -hmm. I remember those awesome, days. But I've always been a fangirl. Yep. So, do you have an absolute sort of like an absolute favorite SEMrush feature that you use all the time, and how how do you use it? I mean, honestly, the organic research tool is still my my ultimate favorite tool. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll tell you. So, obviously, for the longest time, you know, I I've, I've always I've worked independently, so I don't have a big company behind me paying for my tools. So mm -hmm. I always had the cheapest plans possible. Usually, right. when I pay for um, and so it wasn't until I worked for the company and I got access to the higher level plans that I, ooh, it kind of opened up like a light bulb. Like, I'm going to be totally screwed if I have to give that up um, because it has access to historical data. Um, and usually if you just log in, you just get access you know, to the most recent rankings. And then obviously you can set up a project and track keywords and then you can see historical data, but um, in your projects for a specific account and keywords. But the higher up accounts, I learned that, you know, just using the organic research tool, I could go back and historically analyze, you know, which queries were driving traffic um, back when this company was at their peak, you know, two years ago and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's really been amazing to be able to have that analysis um, as well. So not just for my clients, but when I'm doing competitive analysis as well. So Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. So what does a typical workday look 
like for you as a consultant, plus brand ambassador, plus <laughs> parent, plus all this other <laughs> stuff. Like this was actually one of the questions Melissa Melissa Fash, of course, at SEO Wear on Twitter from PubCon and SEM Rush asked was like, how do you, you know, how do you get all this stuff done? <laughs> all the stuff you're doing. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's not easy and I don't always do it so well. I mean yeah. I just have days where I'm just exhausted and in um, a mental fatigue and brain mm -hmm. fog. I'm very ADD. So I have to like, I have to reel myself in or I go down this, this fascinated tunnel because mm -hmm. everything about this industry fascinates me. And so ooh, I'll find a new like topic and, and all of a sudden half a day has flown by and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just not, I didn't get that audit written up, you know, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. And so I have to be really careful. And, um, you know, of course, probably one of the best things is I get to work from home. Yes. And um, honestly, I can't commute. I can't stand driving um, and going anywhere. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like sitting in a car. I just feels unproductive. Um, and being all, I've, I've worked from home for like 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that gives me a lot more time because I'm not commuting in a city like Houston. That commute can be a couple of hours each way. It's like no way. Um, and then really it's, it's, I work almost around the clock to be quite honest. Cause I'm very not, I don't pull conventional hours at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I try to be as productive as possible while, while my kids are in school, my kids are older. So it's gotten so much easier. Um, my, my kind of the way I've worked at home has evolved over the years. It was totally different when they were younger and I had kids at home. So um, probably the biggest thing is my husband is amazing. He's a really, really good dad. Um, he stays at home too. Um, and sometimes that's problematic because we're always in each other's faces. Um, <laughs> yep. But he handles so much with the kids and takes that off my plate. Mm -hmm. Um and deals with the stuff that I just don't have the headspace for. And so I, I really don't know where I would be if he wasn't here doing and helping all the stuff that he does. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Have you managed to find like any sort of productivity, you know, tricks or time management tricks to sort of help you um, to sort of stay on task? That's a really good question. Um, so, I, I've tried a few things over the years. Um, I do try to stay as organized and and I've, I've really finally started to get more organized and I use Google um, Drive like crazy. So I set up folders and docs and obviously the calendar. I've been scheduling everything out. Um, I also like, I use Slack a lot for communications mm -hmm. um, and then Trello um, as well for staying organized. Um, and I, that I'm kind of, I also have to watch myself because I totally am like shiny new Apple software. Let's go test this out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have to hold myself back because I've done it so many times and I've changed. Um, but that, that's honestly been my focus um, last year and even more so this year. It's just getting more organized, um, mainly because I, I, I'm very much a perfectionist. Like a lot of people in this industry, I've had a hard time 
scaling. And I've been blessed in that I get the opportunity to work with so many great clients. Um, and I have a hard time saying no. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so I, I really have reached the point where I need um, some good, reliable people to work with me and stuff. And, and it's um, one of the things I do, I have to be careful. I've done it in the past. I've had people that have actually come in, I've had an office space and they came in and worked with me and I found I don't work well that way because I instantly take every teaching moment and go with it. Mm. And I'm sitting down and then again, like two hours later, mm -hmm. <laughs> after I explained why I'm doing what I'm doing and I was realized I can't be productive that way. Mm -hmm. um, it's really bad. So for me, um, being able to work remote, work with people that I know can handle working remotely yeah. um, and manage their time well and and communicate um, is you know well is really the key because I need that for myself and probably my my biggest obstacle that I deal with because I'm not just um, I I'm not just like an SEO consultant where I tell people what to do. I also do a lot of the work. Right. Um, yeah. I build a lot of the sites. I do a lot of WordPress development. Um, so I have to really be careful and make sure that sometimes I, when I'm in the zone trying to work out problems and issues and digging in deep and stuff, I try to take away distractions. Sometimes that means shutting off my email because <laughs> I can spend all day like answering emails and not get some of the work done that I need. But then sometimes I get really in deep into my work and then I don't go through my emails. <laughs> and then I got people mad because I haven't responded quick enough. And, and, so, and I hate that. I really, really do hate that because I want people to have nothing but the best experience working with me. Right. Um, so for me, that's probably been my struggle that I've been trying to get better at and organize. And a big part of that, I think, is letting other people help. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's tough Trusting to do. other yep. professionals. So, yep. yeah, yep. I'm getting there. Baby steps. <laughs> Yeah, aren't we all? All right. Uh, let's see. So, how how for for you personally? Uh, I guess how do you define success for you, and also how do you define success for your clients? Oh boy. Um. No, good question. I'll do clients first. That seems easier. Okay. Sure. Um. Really, for me, for clients is um. You know, everyone's going to have different goals and. I, I do my best to try to identify what my client's goals are when we first start working together. But then again, I don't like putting a ceiling on goals. I, I constantly feel like there's always more stuff that we can do. We can right. always be improving, always be growing. Um, the biggest thing for me, success is just make sure my clients are happy and they're making a profit mm -hmm. um, and that it, they're growing. Um, and so you know, sometimes that's not always possible and it just depends on the industry and the niche and sometimes seasonality of place issues or, or maybe it's, you know, like a natural, like for, especially if you're comparing year to year, like I have plumbing client and our January this year wasn't as strong as January last year. And I had to go back and rack my brain and I'm like, why? and like beating myself up about it. And I'm like, I felt like we were growing. It should have continued. And then I remembered we had like a massive hard freeze in Houston <laughs> last year and like everybody's pipes broke. <laughs> oh, and yes. so it was, you know, it's just one of those things where mm -hmm. 
you know, they had a flood of business that was all related to this. And that was a spike. So that's where, thank goodness, I, I document certain things um, as best as we can. That's why we take notes. <laughs> we document things like that so that we can identify when we're looking at data um, and comparing it and stuff. But, but yeah, um, it really is going to depend on the client. And, and I try not to put a... A ceiling on it we're constantly improving so awesome um me yeah. sorry i guess i didn't answer that oh, go for um, it. i don't know i mean that is an interesting question because I, I don't really consider myself successful um i mainly because i i always see ways that i can improve and um but i do feel very blessed i i, I know that i'm blessed to have the business that i do um and have the connections and stuff. I, I just really, the biggest part of being successful, honestly, for me is more professional or personally, you know, am I providing a, enough money to support my family and mm -hmm. um, are my kids doing well? So, um, you know, that, for me, that's kind of success and some ones are better than others. Um, sure. So, so really, but I, I'm constantly, I don't know. I don't know if it's that massive ADD in me that I'm constantly seeing new things that I want to learn about and and kind of explore. And I don't know. I, I hate the word expert. I mean, I don't hate it when other people call me an expert, but I feel so uncomfortable with ever presenting myself that way um, just because I, I don't think I'll ever feel that way but mm -hmm. I, I guess you know i've been in this industry for a long time and i have a lot of knowledge um but i just i've never i felt like there's always more to learn i have a ton of things that are on my list when i have free time that i'm super excited about exploring mm -hmm. so well when you think always, about it there are those people who don't do that and a lot of them are gone from the industry so it's kind of good in that way if you look at it that way or you know if you're constantly learning yeah. then you're always you know making your value go up so that is very true yeah i it's honestly i that is the industry and i think it's one of the reasons why i love it so much is it's constantly changing yep. and if you are in this industry and you don't like change and you like to learn one thing and it works really well for you um, you're probably not going to last very long. Yep. And that's just been the nature of the industry. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Very true. So let's go back a little bit further, I guess, to the start. So just I was just curious what sort of brought you down the path of doing all that web development and eventually getting into the SEO and marketing side? That's a really good question. Um, so honestly... My love for technology has started like when I was really little. Um, my grandparents got me um, one of the first like Apple computers. I had a, a green screen Apple IIGS um, and it was so old, but I love computers. I was really, really drawn to it. Um, when in the public schools, when they started introducing computers, like most of my friends were clueless and, and I already knew how to use them. And uh, it was very natural to me. Um, when I came into high school age, um, I learned about the internet. This is about 2000 or 90. Sorry, I'm going to date myself here, but 1999, 1990. Oh, sorry. No, that's even older. I graduated in 96. So let's see, 92, 93 ish. 
Um, I desperately wanted to get on the internet and my, I was raised um, and adopted by my grandparents. So they didn't understand technology. I was actually really lucky. I got the computer that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) However, I was trying to encourage them to get me a new one with an actual GUI interface that Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, green screen command line type stuff. Um, And they just didn't want to spring for it. And so I dug around um, and found our, literally the Apple came with this really old modem and I figured out how to plug it up. And, and I, I don't even know how I found there's a service that was called Delphi and I somehow connected. And that was when I first like saw the power of the internet. Mm. Now, unfortunately I was a teenage girl and in high school and had so many other things going on. I really wish I wouldn't have cared about that stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) and would have just like gone deep then. But I was, I had a huge fascination with it. Um, Mm. And after I graduated from high school, my first instinct, like, what do I do? Um, And honestly, I was never really a great student um, in school. And a big part of it, because I didn't know I had ADD. And the only classes I got good grades in were ones where I was interested in the topic. And and I always aced those ones, but everything else I sucked at. Um, But in college, it was really great, because I could pick, you know, things that I was interested in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm actually not stupid. I'm I'm pretty smart with, Mm -hmm. you know, in ways that some of my friends that got straight A's, like, couldn't even fathom being able Mm -hmm. to do. And um, so I tried to explore that. Um, I just, we had a community college locally, um, and they had a computer science program, and I signed up for it. Um, But it was not what I was thinking all of this was going to be. Um, it totally wasn't anything to do with the internet and was more, um, if I remember right, the first class they put us in was like AS400. And it was this ancient, I can't even, it was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> it was just not up my alley at all. So sure. I was like, okay, well, maybe this isn't for me. Um, I explored other kind of um, things. I actually went to school for a while and took accounting classes. And strangely enough, even though I hated math, I was really good at accounting and it just mm-hmm. made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, man, I, I don't really want to be an accountant. But to be honest, I was really clueless for a long time. And it wasn't until I got pregnant um, with my first child. Um, I was 23. I had Tyler at 24. So pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not like the idea of putting her in daycare. I was like, just stressing about it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I need to learn to work from home. And back then, you know, I really didn't have any skills, but I I started, I get books from the library and I bought some books on HTML and I started to teach myself how to code and build Mm -hmm. websites. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, at the time, it was never anything that it had even dawned on me right. to make a career. And I remember, like, I joined forums for, you know, work-at-home moms and and took all these little side gigs. I even, like, signed up for something that turned out to be, like, envelope stuffing. <laughs> so, and that lasted two days. And I'm like, no, this is not for me. Um, but I was, like, desperate because back then you really couldn't, you know, find anything and to do from home unless you made your own business and um everything was scams and and not okay and 
Um, and so really I just would dive in and I'd start to build sites. And I learned I had a very entrepreneurial kind of spirit in that. I, I would come up with ideas all the time. And then overnight I would build a whole brand new website. Um, but the problem is, is I really didn't know what to do with it after that. And I'm like, okay, in my ADD brain, I would get a new idea. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I wish they would have had those marketplaces like they have now where you can just create a, a business site and sell it. I'm like, cause that wasn't really a thing back then. Um, it could have made a killing, but um, anyway, so I kept kind of doing stuff like that and just learning. Um, and I, I've always actually had a love for real estate. Um, mm -hmm. I, my like fun time when I'm not, doing any kind of digital marketing SEO dev stuff is usually looking at um, homes for sale. It's like my porn. <laughs> and um, so I, I actually created a website that was to market single property. It's called a single property website, basically. So I would get local realtors would hire me to build little mini websites for their listings that they had. Mm -hmm. And I managed to finally, you know, at first I was totally losing so much money because I was spending so much time. Um, but I learned how to do it in a templated fashion. And I came up with lots of different templates and designs and, and came up with a process to turn them out much faster and, and whatnot, um, learning to build on a CMS. And, and so that was really great. Um, and that's when I really started to learn about SEO and I became fascinated with it. And I was like, well, I build this, you know, how do I get more realtors to know that I'm doing this? And, um, and so and this, this I would say is probably like two years into my journey um, after I first started to learn how to code. And, and I'm like, Hmm, this is interesting and fascinating. And so I went down a whole nother path of just, absorbing everything I could about SEO and then testing mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, and I loved it and it was so much fun and, and fascinating. And I got my rankings good enough that um, I draw the attention of another competing company. And this one was more corporate, more professional, and they had some funding and stuff. And so they actually offered to buy um, the site, the company that I had built. Um, and so here I was, ooh, so excited someone's gonna buy my company. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it wasn't a fortune, I will not not disclose. It's yeah. probably embarrassing to some of the other people in this industry who've sold their side projects, <laughs> but I was pretty proud of it. Yep. Um and um I, you know, they ended up absorbing the site and now the domain name just redirects to their site. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder if they would sell me back the domain name. It was so good. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Such a bummer. But um, but anyway, that, that's what really like got me into SEO. And from yeah. then on, I was like nonstop learning stuff. And and I would build websites for people. Um, I finally started charging after that, and people would pay me to build their sites. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can make a living off of this. But, mm -hmm. but it was really kind of part-time. My husband actually um he worked then and and he ran um well. He worked at a few different retail stores, but he ran um, Pottery Barn um, stores and he'd go travel and stuff and, and whatnot. And so I was at home most of the days with the young kids and I would 
take every free moment. I, I was so not the traditional like stay at home mom because I don't clean and I don't cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like a tidy house and everything, but I'm just not, you know, I, I don't get um, satisfaction from that. Instead, I would just be so excited for the kids to go down for their nap mm-hmm. so that I could sit down and play online and, and, and build something. And that was just so super exciting. Um, and then um I got, we got really lucky in that my husband, um, my father-in-law came and lived with us and he became our nanny for like five years. Mm. Um, and that opened up my eyes and I was like, Ooh, I could really go work somewhere else outside the home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this, this could be a real thing. Um, and so I actually, I took a job, um, um, with an actual agency mm-hmm. It was the only time I've ever worked for anyone else. Like, as an employee. Um, and I, I only worked there for maybe about six or seven months. Um, it was an experience, but um, a very um, well-established agency here in Houston, um, they needed, basically they were known for their pay-per-click and they were very good at pay-per-click. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had been outsourcing SEO and then probably my three or four months before that decided we could be making so much more money. Let's bring this in house. And so they had hired someone else um, out of a real estate office (laughs) whose main um, experience was uploading listings to the MLS. Um, And so they're like, here, you're an SEO now. And I remember like um, when they hired me, they wanted me to basically build out their SEO department and, when I came in, this girl that they had hired um, before me, she'd been there for several months and she just looked like a deer in the headlights. And she's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. This is crazy. Um, she basically said they printed out Aaron Wall's SEO book, mm-hmm. put it into a binder <laughs> and uh-huh. gave it to her. Mm-hmm. And they're like, here you go. You're an SEO now. Um, <laughs> And I was just like, in awe. I was like, you got to be kidding. Cause um, they've been charging $150 an hour for Mm -hmm. her work. And she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. so it was exciting for me because they basically, I hadn't at that point ever like set up processes and, and, you know, managed anyone else with regards to um, SEO or digital marketing. I'd actually, worked as an assistant manager in retail stores before, but not in this industry. So it was quite an experience. Um, And I enjoyed it. They had some really great developers um, that I was lucky. They actually taught me some stuff that I didn't even know. So I became a better developer Mm. um, kind of on the side. But Mm. at the same aspect, I didn't agree with um, the way they were running their SEO department. Um, they kept forcing me to do things that made me feel uncomfortable. And namely it was, um, most of their clients because, you know, obviously $150 an hour can add up really fast. And and so a lot of them were smaller businesses and they could only afford like 10 SEO hours a month. And Mm. they kept pushing us to do these elaborate reports. And back then we didn't have all the tools at our disposal like Mm -hmm. we do now. Um, these reports were taking like five hours every month. Oh, man. And I'm like, so that's not leaving very much time to get any actual work done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just very frustrating. I There was many things that went on that just I ethically did not agree with. And But I'm very vocal 
I'm very vocal. I can't not be vocal about that stuff. Yeah. Um, and they didn't like that so much. They wanted someone that they could control. So um, we we gracefully split ways. Plus, I just found out I was pregnant with Dylan. So that mm -hmm. probably played into it, too. Sure. Um, so Dylan is our fourth baby. So totally unexpected, but we love her just the same. Um, so anyways, at that point, I left and realized, man, I never want to work with <laughs> for anyone else um, mm -hmm. and really what I learned too is just my experience of being inside a bigger agency is there's so many of them and they seem so legit um, and they have some really smart people in charge but the people that are actually doing the work on your site and your accounts have very little experience and they're yeah. being paid very little yep. and like they, they refuse I was so excited when I went to work for them because in my interview, she promised me she'd send me to conferences, which I wanted to do more than anything, but budget on our own, like as you know, having young kids at home, we could never afford to do so. Mm -hmm. um, and so, or just never justify the expense. And so I was excited about that, but unfortunately I only got to go to like one local event that the company happened to be a sponsor of. They, they kept sending the CEO to go speak at all these conferences or attend all these conferences. And I was like, he's nothing but a figurehead. Like he doesn't actually work on anyone's accounts, nor sure. do I think he ever did. Um, so I'm like, oh, it's frustrating. I didn't like that either. So, um, you know, it's that big part of my path, but I think that had a big part to do with, um, who I became as an SEO and, and, um, you know, I was lucky to like instantly get a couple of really great clients, um, right off the bat, right after, um, I left there. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were in the legal field, which is one of the crazy, <laughs> most challenging SEO field, I think, to work in. I'm very cutthroat. Um, but I worked with um, a criminal lawyer, really, one for like eight, my first eight years of, you know, just really working solely as an SEO on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was great, honestly. Um, he was a very small, um, had a small practice. And and I got to see his company grow just in a tremendous way. And so it was so rewarding. Um, and it came with stresses over the years because I can't even tell you, um, like at one point in time, he fired me <laughs> Oh no! right after I had my baby, actually. Mm -hmm. and, and it was one of those things where he was worried I wasn't going to be able to devote as much time that was necessary. Mm -hmm. And he went and hired someone else and they started to try to re code his website in the most obscene awful way and he instantly recognized <laughs> his big mistake and, and came back and he's like i'm so sorry um and so we you know we kind of worked things out but from then on we had trust that was insanely awesome and um i realized like that is so key um, mm -hmm. with my clients is because a lot of times when they come to me they've been burned and they've been, they've worked with someone who's done them wrong in the past and they're very skeptical. Um, and so I, that's how I think I feel like my, my natural way of educating um, has just, I get people, I've probably been told this many times, but they're like, I may not know what you're talking about, but I just get this strong 
sense that you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I always love that. I was like, oh, thank you. That's like the best compliment anyone could ever give me. Mm -hmm. But really for me, that's them telling me like, I trust you. I trust your knowledge and, and everything. Um, and it's really funny because for the longest time I was very doubtful of my skills and I didn't realize that I because it came very easy to me and I know it doesn't to a lot of people and I and I'm, I'm not trying to be a little to practice at all it's, it's gotten a lot harder because there's so many more aspects now but this was you know six seven eight ten years ago um but it just for me it's very it was very instinctual like it just maybe it's just because for me it was meant to be like as a career mm -hmm. that it just feels that way and it's not um I just enjoy it. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's fun. Ooh. Does that answer your question? <laughs> I believe it did, yes. And more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very cool. Um, well, do you sort of have any anything that you consider a challenge today or anything that you see as a big challenge for yourself as a consultant versus like, you know, I know you don't want to be at an agency, but do you see any challenges in being uh, a solo person versus maybe doing something else like that? Yes. I'm not going to lie. There are days when I'm like, why don't I just go and work for someone and get a paycheck that comes to my bank mm -hmm. account automatically? Um, you know, that I have not had for a long time. We haven't naturally had health benefits as a family for right. a very long time. You know, yeah. without, um, I, I haven't had paid vacation. I, I don't think I ever have. Mm -hmm. um, I just... Like it would be nice to have those things. And so there's been many times because of like my constant schedule and just sometimes things get to be too much. And I'm like, man, it would be so great to have a team at my disposal. Right. Um, maybe I should just do it. And for me, probably the only thing that's really kept me from doing that um, is money um, <laughs> because I support my whole family. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've grown like my consulting work to a point to where I bring in just enough that we're comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but, but then I have months where like, you know, it's like some of the clients that I have, they'll have, they'll have issues that I'm not aware of and it'll take me forever to get the second payment for building their website, you know, or, right. or, um, you know, their stupid auto billing for their monthly SEO doesn't go through and there's stuff going on. So sometimes that happens and, and we've had to, um, you know, like stress. I stress about that all the time. And sure. I had, I remember one year the lawyer that I worked for went on vacation um, over Christmas and he went to like Hawaii or somewhere super remote mm -hmm. and thought he paid my bill before he left um, <laughs> and didn't. And he, his phone was like, he wasn't getting emails or like anything. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is our Christmas money. Like, I can't even tell you the stress. Sure. And he felt really bad and he gave me a bonus. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things like the stress that comes with being, uh, you know, self-employed in that way. It's, mm -hmm. It is a great tool. And there are many times, like, I, I feel like I should just jump in and go work for someone else. But that said, as you've learned, I'm very... Um, I'm very vocal about yes. I'm very passionate and making sure things are done right and clients are being taken care of and, and whatnot. So I wouldn't be able to just work for just anyone. Um, right. And 
I've, I have actually gone through the process of initial interviews with several, actually some amazing brands over the years um, that have reached out to me and I'm just like blown away that I'd even be on their radar. Um, it hasn't really worked out because most of them involved moving um, and mm -hmm. we were at a point where we really couldn't do it um, mm -hmm. um, or it was to a place where we wouldn't want to be. Um, so it was just never really worked out. Um, I, I, th I think it's so much smarter for brands to embrace um, remote workers, especially in this industry, because yes. it, otherwise it really limits the talent. And most of us have learned to work well remotely. So um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things. But but I do get that there's just some you know companies that just they need people in house on site. Yeah. Um, and whatnot but yeah I don't know I, I go back and forth all the time and and lately I've been questioning like where I want to go where do I see my future and, and I I love my clients I think I would have a hard time some of them I've worked with for a very long time um, and I think I'd have a hard time turning them over to someone else um, you know and, and whatnot but but it does sound appeal to at least try <laughs> I don't know. Um, but then I'm like, maybe I should build a bigger company and I need to learn to let go of control and, and bring on some people and actually have a business that functions without me, <laughs> which would be an amazing feeling. And, and I've, I've really been strongly doing that mostly because I have four kids and they are getting older. And I'm like, I want I want something that I can give to them that, you know, has value or they can come and work for me. Um, so far, I'm not sure any of my kids will follow in my career path, but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm <laughs> that trying. could be a true family business. That would be really cool. I know. That yeah, really right. would. Yeah. I, I really don't know. My boys are probably my closest to, yeah. to doing so, but we'll, we'll have to see. It's hard to, hard to know. <laughs> yeah. Get them coding and building websites, and the rest will follow. <laughs> Our sponsor for the podcast, Ahrefs, has an awesome set of tools that have become an industry standard for just about every SEO out there. For instance, if you're not getting any real significant search traffic, Ahrefs has tools that can help you find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see the estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their keyword explorer tool, and that can help you create content that would drive more search traffic. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. All right, cool. Um, so let's move on to another topic. I'll let you brag a little bit on yourself here. So do you have like a favorite SEO campaign or a project that you've ever worked on? And why would why would you consider it a favorite? And if again, if you're under NDAs here or anything, you know, can't <laughs> mention clients by name, that's fine. But just more interested oh, in like the actual like what you did side of things. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know that I'd be able to pinpoint just one. Um, you know, strangely enough, the one that I'm kind of most proud of is the one <laughs> 
the one I mentioned before um, that, um, you know, obviously I had to part ways when um, a gentleman came along that we did not share the same ideas, but um, that company had actually, they had been penalized really hard and um, they, for good five years, basically ranked like in the 90s and 100s for all their keywords if yeah. they were lucky. Wow. Um, and so they were paying for pay-per-click. I mean, it was just nothing bleeding, you know, everything, all their business was coming from pay-per-click. Mm -hmm. But they're very big, well-known Houston um, kind of brand. Um, they've been around for a while. Um, the company has, um, you know, very, they've done a really good job branding themselves. The new owner was one of those like 80s marketers that created jingles and, and all that stuff. So like everyone in Houston pretty much like is familiar with the brand. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I it was very much a, a big part of it was a technical problem. A lot of, then another part of it was content and another part of it was backlinks. Um, they had just really worked with some bad companies. Um, but it was a big dig out. We, we had, to, I had to fix a lot of things. Unfortunately, I never got to take credit for it because it was, um, they were kind of, they started to recover, but it wasn't huge. Um, mm -hmm. but we had to wait for that rollout. Um, was it penguin or panda? I get the two piece. Um, that was basically occurred during October. It was, it, they rolled out the update, the fix. Um, I remember during PubCon, um, and this would have been like three years ago, maybe, um, my years, I have too many kids, so everything runs together, <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, but it was one of those updates where they had to wait for the updates to roll out. And right. um, they, as soon as that did, um, it they rebounded like crazy. And it was really cool to see. Unfortunately, I had been let go the month before. Oh. <laughs> and they had hired... Yeah, they hired a um, a new guy who came in, and um, he. I actually had some other people that were friends that were still working there, so they kept me totally abreast of everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. And um, they had basically his whole strategy, and he kind of like disappeared as soon as he was hired because he was building a PBN. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, are you? freaking kidding me it's like you gotta be kidding um yeah we need more links oh i'm just the master at building pbns no one's ever gonna find and connect my pbns <laughs> now i give this guy credit if you google him he does rank really high for houston seo and i love that his whole site talks about how he's this most ethical ethical seo person if you look really close under the hood he's definitely not that mm -hmm. um unfortunately so he came on and just got really lucky because he really didn't do anything it recovered and he got a big bravo and um little did they know then uh, he actually went around the speaking circuit in houston this was the best part um and started speaking at local um, marketing events talking about how he recovered this iconic Houston brand. Oh, no. And it's funny because <laughs> he started to list like all the things that I had actually did. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous that he would actually get up there and say that stuff. Um, and he never met me. 
I don't know that he knew very much about me. So I was actually in the audience for one of the events. It was, it was quite, um, let's just say I had to keep my composure mm -hmm. uh, and not stand <laughs> yeah. up and say anything. Just um, scream you sit on a throne of lies. I, I just pictured oh, like yeah. an elf moment. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh my gosh. I Seriously, it, it took a lot of strength, yeah. but I, I always try to be very professional. And I was like, you sure. know what? Let them do this, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, the company was doing really well. So probably like two months later, I, I found out um, they had let him go because he wasn't doing any kind of work at all. Right. So apparently he'd been let go. And I just happened to peek at the website. And um, I always keep an eye on former client sites because you know, I'm just worried about them, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking and somewhere around the footer, I find a, um, a text or a link basically that's set to zero pixels on white on white. Ooh. And um, it was Houston SEO is the anchor text uh -huh. and totally linked to his personal site. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Wow. And at this point, um, the company that I brought on to manage the PPC, they were still there managing the PPC. And I, I actually shot it over to um, my connection there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look what I just found on the company's website. Um, and oh man, the CEO was so <laughs> And even the guy had actually been fired the week before. Mm -hmm. And I never really got the whole story other than they said he wasn't actually doing anything. Right. Um, but, um, you know, the CEO, when they found that link, he was quite upset and they, you know, they told him and someone must have told him that I was the one who found it. Um, and, and he started sending me threat. He made threats um, to harm me um, mm -hmm. and just show up at one of the events, one of the groups that search you that I'm associated with. And mm -hmm. he, um, he threatened to come and, and basically harm me oh <laughs> because he said I was, I was taking food from his children's mouth. Oh. And I'm like, no, that, that was all you. And you were already fired. Don't be kidding yourself. But mm -hmm. it's just kind of shameful. It kind of drives me nuts that he still ranks really well in Houston. Right. Um, and it's just, it's really a shame, but there's so many Gosh, there's so many people like that out there mm -hmm. and so many unsuspecting uh, business owners that hire them and they work with them. But um, back when I first went out on my own, I, I spent a lot of time on my highly searched website and it ranked really well. I was like up in the top for Houston SEO. And but I realized I was like, it's a never ending battle. Like I have clients to work on. I don't have time to to constantly I, I never work on my own sites. My own ShellyFagan.com is just hideous. Um, I ripped a whole bunch of stuff out of it and it's like barely a half a page. I, I probably have five versions of it built somewhere else, but I'm just very indecisive. So mm -hmm. um, I love working on other people's sites and I'm always super inspired. But when it comes to working on my own, it's like, oh, I don't know what it is. But um, it's like the cobbler's children. You know, one of those things, everyone says it. I know everyone goes through it mm -hmm. that, that is busy working with clients. But um, yeah, it definitely rings true with me. I, I someday get excited when I do have a team and I can actually say, hey, guys, go work on our site. <laughs> It'll mm -hmm. be something great. Yep. Um, one day, one day I'll do that. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. All right. So cool. Uh, let's see. Where should we pop to next? I guess we should talk a little speaking. Uh, we 
touched on it briefly, but um, I guess for people who may be listening and want to, you know, consider getting into speaking themselves, do you have maybe any uh, advice for people about, you know, how they could get in or maybe what makes a really good conference presentation in your opinion? Yes, I do. Um, and I feel like maybe my story that people will relate to it because um, I think I mentioned in the emails that I really didn't start speaking, even though I've been in this industry 18 years, um, mm -hmm. I really have only been speaking for like the last five. Um, you know, a big part of that was obviously raising a family. Um, and I also took care of my grandparents in their last um, years. I was always afraid to be away from them because mm -hmm. their health, um, you know, had issues. So um, we ended up moving back home to Iowa um, for, for about five years to be there with them. And so I just didn't have the opportunities to, to speak. Um, but when I came back to Houston and this would have been, um, we're going on just about six years. Um, I was really lucky to find search you. Mm -hmm. um, I got involved with the group at first, obviously just started attending. So that would be my first thing is if you have local meetups, um, go and just attend, get to know the people. Um, that was really my first steps. And I formed friendships in the group. Um, I'm sure you know Ray Dolan. Um, her and Sean Dolan were a big part of the group when mm -hmm. I first started. And she actually was the first one to really encourage me to, to speak. Um, and so, because um, I, you know, I looked at her and I'd actually gone to several events with her that she was speaking at. And I was always just in awe because she was so good at it. Um, and, but I'm like, oh, I could never do that. Honestly, I had major imposter syndrome. So family stuff aside, like I just felt like I didn't have anything valuable to teach people. Um, and I'm like, I just, I'm always learning from you guys. Like, what could I possibly teach you? And that's kind of how I looked at it. And, and it wasn't until she phrased it in a way that totally like clicked. And she's like, you know what, most of the people that come to these events are there to learn and they're not these like experts that you think they are, they, they will learn from you. And, um, and she just like, you just got to do it. And it was just the push that I needed. So I spoke at the local um, search you for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And it was a small controlled audience. There was probably like no more than 30 people in there. Um, it was a very intimate room, though. So I kind of feel like it was a little bit more intimidating than going and speaking up on a stage. But um, honestly, I, I got up there and I spoke for like, over an hour and it was really, really easy. Hmm. And mainly just because I love it all so much. And and yes, I definitely didn't have the perfect slide deck and I had moments of where I was like, um, um, because I do that a lot. Um <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> but you know, like no one notices, no one notices but you. Yeah. Um and so I got out of out of my own head really and was very excited about that. Um, I got lucky in that I had um, I had been attending um, PubCon, I think, um, maybe like a year before that as an attendee. And I've made some friends there as well. And so after I spoke at SearchU, um, Melissa, and I really kind of owe everything to her. She's amazing. She's like, you got to pitch Brett you know, you would be perfect, you know, and um, so I got up the courage um, to do so. And luckily, I got accepted my first time. 
Um, it's, you know, I, I do feel like in these situations, being a female does give you a little bit of an advantage. So don't let that hold you back thinking it will keep you from getting accepted. Um, the biggest thing is your pitch. Mm-hmm. Your pitch is really important. And um, I think a lot of people, especially if they've been speaking for a long time and they, they've got a little big head about themselves, they'll they'll just think, oh, people want me no matter what. Um, and they'll just send over, you know, I'll talk about size speed or I'll talk about link building. And like, there's no real pitch to it. Um, and so for me, I, I really went through um, what I sent over and I sent probably like three ideas. So I didn't just send one. I, I came up with three totally different things and I was trying to be as detailed as possible. And now I'm even even better after like Melissa's given me so much feedback. And honestly, anyone, if they walk up to her, she'll give them the same feedback. So I don't really get extra perks just because we're friends. But um, truthfully, it, it's it's about a good pitch and talking about not only what you want to cover, but what people will learn and take away um, and stuff. Just be as detailed, but bulleted, you know, make it simple. Obviously, like the speaker organizer or the organizer of the conference has to read through a lot of pitches. Um, so make it concise and clear. Um, but don't be afraid to to get creative and and really put it out there, your ideas and, and send more than one. So honestly, I got really lucky um, that one of them worked for Brett and he put me up. Really, my first big conference was Vegas. Um, and it was amazing. I loved it. Um, truthfully, I always thought I'd be so much more nervous, but, um, really other than, you know, my whole fear of, oh my gosh, all these experts are going to be up there and they're going to be judging everything that I'm saying. And that is just silly. Really. Most of the people that come to these sessions are new or they haven't been in the industry that long and they're really there to learn and they need your help. And, and really, truthfully, we don't realize how valuable, even if there's other people that know what we know, not everyone explains it the same way. And sometimes people really connect to the way one marketer explains how to do something than mm-hmm. if the other person would say it. So you just never know who's going to reach and connect to you better. Um, uh, the biggest thing for me is I attended several different conferences as an attendee. Um, and because I'd worked in the industry so long, sometimes I would come away with, man, I really didn't learn anything. Um, but I made connections and that was amazing. But when I first started speaking, I'm like, I want people to feel like they came away you know, with something. And so right. for me, it wasn't so much what they were saying in that um, they'd leave, I'd leave motivated. Like I'd be so excited about their message, but not really understanding how to apply it to what I was doing. And so as a speaker, um, as I prepare my slides and stuff, um, I try to be as actionable as I possibly can. And sometimes that's a lot of screenshots because my slides aren't all that fabulous. I think I've gotten a little bit better Mm -hmm. (laughs) with them, but and I know like Greg Gifford, I sat in his and he's like, bullet points, kill kittens. I'm like, oh no, I got lots of bullet points. <laughs> but anyway, it's for me, I, I try to, um, you know, be step by step because I know there's people in the audience. They need that direction. They need to know, okay, I get the concept of what we're trying to do. But how do I actually do it? So um, for me, that's 
it's worked for me. And I'm, I, I, I don't necessarily have the style that other people do when they're talking. Um, but it's just me. It's, it's how I present and I, I try to get more fun mm-hmm. <laughs> and be more funny. Um, but I mean, for the most part, I have a really good feedback and that just is so rewarding to hear that. And, um, when people, even now, like people stumble across these presentations. I did that one at Digital Summit in Dallas back in like late October or November. And I had a girl in the Sunrush group post yesterday and she's like, oh my gosh, I just stumbled across Shelly's presentation. It was so helpful. And I had some tips in there that I'm super excited about. So I was like, oh my gosh, how rewarding, how amazing that mm-hmm. um, one that I was just, it made my day to read that and it absolutely Great. did. Um, but yeah, I just love that. There's nothing better than that feeling. So awesome. I want more of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. So we already know that you're a big FCM Rush fan or SEMrush fan. Uh, yeah. Are there any other uh, tools in your arsenal that you could uh, maybe share with us if you're allowed to? I don't know if you're not allowed to talk <laughs> I, I mean, about other tools, but... If yeah, you, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they've never, never asked me not to talk about other tools. I mean, cool. honestly, Semrush is a great company. Yeah. Um, and they they just have the the market hold on on a lot of the the actual tools. But you know, the other one that I use like a lot, um, because I do a lot of technical auditing, is Screaming Frog. Um, okay. Yes, Semrush has a crawler um, on the auditing side of it, and I really use that for um, certain purposes, but when I'm doing a quick, anal- or quick analysis of a site and there's some things I just want to know really fast, I'll run a screaming frog crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really, really helpful. I, I probably use it almost as much as I use SEMrush, but, um, but in different ways. I just, I use the tools in totally different ways. So um, they each have their own purpose and they really work well together for me. Um, and then really most of the other tools in my tool set is really Google Sheets mm-hmm. um, and using, um, you know, honestly, like in Chrome and Chrome Dev Tools and Lighthouse and I use GT Metrics um, as well. And, and um, just for me, I, I've never been like there are some people that will let tools do most of their job, but I use them to help me do a better job. I could never feel like a tool could replace what I do. Um, Cause yep. a big part of it is the analysis of it. Um, and so it's always enhancing. I, I will always need, and I have probably a list of tools that I would love to build one day. <laughs> little functionality. That would be really cool. Um, if I ever have time to do stuff, I've started some projects that haven't been able to, finish them um clients always come first and whatnot but um yeah those would probably be my biggest um in my tool set i mean i view code more than anything so my mm. resource <laughs> yeah learn how to code that's a good tool to know <laughs> yeah honestly yeah. i there's so many there's so many different facets and and niches mm. in seo and and yes there are a lot of people who, who can work really well that don't know how to code and but they're still really good at what they do mm-hmm. um, but I personally have felt like knowing how to code and I'm not talking like advanced development or even all that much P, you know PHP or anything like that like just straight up HTML and CSS 
Uh, just learning that, I think, enhances um, your capabilities on the technical side of SEO Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Very cool. So speaking of technical SEO, I was wondering if maybe you could share maybe, I don't know, your top tip for uh, something in technical SEO that people should be you know, making sure they're doing uh, 2020 this year. Oh, boy. Um so it's funny because we, I think I was a part of your, um, was it the, the SEO little trends. book? The, yep. Yeah, yep. The SEO trends. And, yep. and I actually spoke more towards content side and, and whatnot, but from a technical aspect, um, honestly, see, I love, why I love technical SEO is I feel like so much of it is in our control. And mm -hmm. yes, sometimes we work for companies that, you know, their dev team is in control and we don't feel like we're in control, but these are things that we can fix and I love it. So there's, there's some of these technical issues that we find just shouldn't be there for one. Um, but for me, oh my gosh, it's like focusing on site speed is so important. Okay. Um, and, and I don't necessarily say that for ranking perspective, although it does help. Um, but just more user experience, um, you know, fast pages are just super important for our users. Um, and I've been working a lot on different frameworks. Um, so I, I like to play around with themes. Um, I've built on Genesis for a really long time. Um, I've definitely dabbled with different frameworks and stuff, but, but I've always come back to Genesis. Um, but and I've, I've built on top of many of the child themes but i've been playing around with new stuff i've had to force myself to learn different stuff i mean back in the day i would only learn html css now i'm trying to change the way that i style things and and go with um like a framework like sas um which is kind of you know very similar but different you know different process of what we're used to but i found i've been testing out all these different theories lately to help improve site speed and stuff like that and so mm -hmm. i'm actually really excited for PubCon austin um it's coming out um february 6th i think maybe this is the the same date maybe today we'll be out mm -hmm. exciting PubCon austin when this airs yep. um that um, I'll be speaking with Jesse McDonald and David from WordPress Engine. I'm like super excited, but we're gonna be presenting on site speed. So um, I have some fun stuff up my sleeve and I'm actually doing a, I'm recording a conference for WordPress Engine um, on Friday in two days. Um, and so we are gonna be doing it live online and it's totally free um, and it, is I'm sure it's available if you just Google it, it's WordPress engine, um, decode. Um, Yoast is gonna be in there um, talking about schema, which is exciting. I mean, there's some really cool people in this. I cannot wait to just sit and watch everyone else's presentations. Um, guess who I'm presenting with? I got Mr. Lauren Baker is presenting Ooh, with me. I know Yay. that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I totally forgot to mention that. And um, Rebecca Gill. And um, so we're going to be talking about SEO considerations for development in our workflow and stuff nice. like that. And so um, I've been some of the the stuff I'll be talking about PubCon Austin on the site speed. I, I put a couple of those in there too. But 
been exciting. I don't know, from technical, um, really for me, it's just continuing to do what I've always been doing. It's not really terribly new, but for me, I just try to incorporate testing new ideas mm -hmm. um, and not just to settle that, oh, your site speed is great. Um, for me, it's not about being one and done. I've been setting up new processes and stuff to keep monitoring of my sites and my client sites to make sure that they stay well optimized right <laughs> and there aren't issues um that needs to because sometimes it's a continual process and they'll add a new plugin and now all of a sudden there's new javascript that's loading in the header and and you know things like that so it's constantly um something that needs to be monitored and so setting up those processes to make sure that that's being done um as well so that's that's kind of really where i'm at in 2020 Awesome. Yay. So you're very much a self-taught person. So I'd be curious to learn uh, sort of where are you learning these days? Uh, what are you reading in terms of blogs? Are you following people on social media or Twitter to sort of stay up to date, books, podcasts? What's, uh, what's sort of on your reading list right now? That's a really good question. Um, so for me, one, obviously I'm, I'm a member of multiple Facebook groups, so they've been really awesome. Okay. Um, most of the time I, I like, if I can find the time, I'll answer questions and stuff, but I had to step away from that because it can, it can get very um, time consuming. Um, but Twitter, honestly, Twitter has always been my go-to for um, seeing what other people are publishing and writing about. Okay. Um, but I've had to learn to, to add a different types of people into who I follow because for the longest time, it was always just straight up SEOs and mm -hmm. some paid search people. And obviously who you follow really dictates the content that you see. Um, and so I, because I deal with more technical stuff, like I've, I've added in, you know, some different developers that normally wouldn't be associated with SEO. Um, and just some cool stuff to like broaden myself. Um, I I can't really say there's really any one place that I go to. It just really feeds in from a big part. And I feel like I probably should be out there listening to more podcasts and, and doing more stuff. But most of the time when I stumble across or I have this idea, I just straight up get on Google and I start searching and mm -hmm. I start reading what people are saying. and. Um, and then I usually go and I test it. Um, a big part, um, I'm on Git all the time, looking at people's code, mm -hmm. um, looking to see what they're putting out there, um, our GitHub. And um, I, I love um, just kind of constantly pushing my boundaries and, and learning new stuff. But I really honestly wish I had more time because, um, you know, I don't as much and I have to reel myself back from that right. um, mm -hmm. to be productive. So okay. um, honestly, my dream job would be where someone just paid me to, to let me experiment and learn and play and come up with new ideas. That would be amazing. Um, probably like totally my dream job that and honestly go around and, and teach and educate. Um, I'd like to actually get involved and do more speaking at more developer events. Um, I've always felt like because I have this background, um, the way that I do, I've been able to communicate to developers a little bit better um, because of that. So um, I 
I like to be able to teach them because ultimately most brands, these are the ones that are in charge of building the websites. And strangely enough, they don't have a lot of SEO experience in it. And, and SEO, it really means a lot of things. And some people just have such negative feelings towards mm -hmm. the words. But for me, SEO is very much technical. And it's, it's about building something of good quality um, and, and making sure search engines can crawl it. And it's, um, you know, just good for user experience. Like for me, that's been the heart of it. And I know there are so many other sides of it um, as well. And making sure obviously we have the right content and, um, you know, answering, you know, users questions and stuff like that. I know link building is a thing. <laughs> um, I don't link build. Um, I it actually bugs me that link building has so much of an effect, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's at least not equal to having a good quality coded website. Um, it bugs me that yeah, I could work really really hard and put out such great um, content and great code, and, and sometimes just oh that one link all of a sudden it shoots right up, but. Um, so, you know, you can't ignore it, but I've just never been an active link builder. Um, I've just focused on, you know, doing what I do best. And, and that's, you know, obviously on the technical side and then obviously making sure of the content that we need is there. I do like, I talk about technical a lot, but I really do like content strategy as well mm -hmm. um, and, and strategizing and coming up with different ideas for that. And, and I love schema because I love the idea of like, properly marking up our content, like all of that is super exciting for me. Yep. Um, I, I'm just a geek. I'm such a geek <laughs> now that I hear myself. Everybody listening is too. So you're in, you're in good company. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Let's do a question that I got off of Twitter from one of the members of our community. Uh, Phil Drinkwater, uh, who is at Phil Drinkwater on Twitter of Agency Central had asked, uh, do you see UX, which would be user experience, as being important in SEO? And if so, how? Oh, good question. I didn't see that one. Um, I mean, yeah, of course. Um, I, so I talk about technical a lot, but ultimately clients, you need them to be able to do what they need to do on your website and convert. So convert looks like something different for every business. Obviously it's not always getting a lead, but um, you want to have a user friendly and a good experience for users on your website. Otherwise they're going to hit that back button and go somewhere else. Um, so for me, um, that's always been a big part of it. And because I develop as well, um, but then I, so a lot of times I'll build a site for a client, but then I'm also their ongoing SEO. Um, and so, yes, I've handed them something I do not consider my job done. Um, it is important that they are converting. Um, I'm not big on reports. Um, I don't usually give these big, long-winded, huge reports to clients. I like to report on conversions. Mm -hmm. um, and so technically, I, I try to do everything I can to make sure that we're tracking conversions as you know, perfectly as poss we possibly can um, and getting good data. But ultimately, if the company is not making money, um, you know, we're going to be in trouble. Um, technically, it's just my job to get them leads, and then they kind of need to deal with it from there. But um, but I'm very much 
I'm very concerned that they don't know what to do with their leads. So I tend to take an active consulting role. Like even right now, um, with one of my home service clients, um, their HVAC side is doing better than their plumbing side at converting leads. And it's a, you know, it's kind of a sales, you know, issue. Um, and I can't help but get stressed about it. Cause I'm like, Oh, we're sending all these leads and, you know, maybe the ball's getting dropped on some of them customer service. Like I, I secret call, like I secret shop Santa shop, like my clients all the time. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> It's, you know, it's, yes, there's good user experience on the website to get the lead. I totally went off topic on your question. Um, sorry about that, Phil. But yes, I do believe it's important. Um, does it play into your rankings? You know, that's a controversial topic that I really won't touch on. But I, I feel like it's important either way in that you need to make sure people can find the content that they need um, and get the help that they need on your website. So, yes. All right, very good. All right, and we'll wind down with a few fun questions here for you. Uh, so if you weren't in search or marketing, what profession would you love to be doing instead? <laughs> um, so I always tell everyone if I didn't do what I was doing, I would probably work in real estate because as I mentioned before, I mm -hmm. love real estate. Um, I I don't know that I'd love to be a realtor though. That's that's the problem. But I but I I do love just homes and, and design and, and building and stuff. So I don't okay. know, somewhere in that realm, probably. Either that, but it would be hard to pull me away from technology. Technology would have to crash. I don't know. It would, <laughs> it would be nuts to do something. Okay. Uh, if you could go back in time and give a young younger Shelly some advice at any point, <laughs> What would it be, sort of the anything you would do different knowing what you know now question? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so twofold. Um, one, I would tell myself to get out of my head um, and get out and start being active and speak um, mm -hmm. sooner. I waited way longer, um, and mostly because I've just made some incredible incredible connections and some of the people in this industry that I consider some of my best friends mm -hmm. um, people never got me um, when I lived in Iowa I felt like I was such an outcast because people were like what does this person do and it's no one understood whatsoever what I did mm -hmm. um, and it was like you finally find your people and having that is just having a community that helps you deal with the ups and downs of this industry and mm -hmm. the support system is so incredible. Um, just from that alone, I think I would have done so many things differently over the years had I had that, that network of amazing people that I do now. So yep. um, that and a big part is, um, and you know what, I can't take credit for this because both Greg and Damon said this because we got asked the same question um, at our road show that we did in Dallas, but they talked about how they go back and, and learn more traditional marketing. Um, hmm. And it was a really good answer. And I'm like, oh, I knew that. I should have said that, darn it. Um, but truthfully, it is, you know, I have such a technical background, uh, but it would have been awesome to have that understanding of the traditional marketing aspect, especially maybe on the PR side. Maybe I'd be better at getting links 
um, <laughs> if I did that. But, um, you know, I, I feel like just that's valuable learning how to set up and structure actual campaigns and that aspect um, would be having that traditional background would be super beneficial. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Probably do that. Okay. All right. How about the best piece of advice you that's been given to you? It could be about SEO or just it could be business professional. Um, what's the what's the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten and who gave it to you? Oh, oh boy. Um, hmm. I don't know what the the I'll probably be repeating myself, but really it was um I mean, Melissa's giving me so much amazing advice over the years. Um, and truthfully, just her ability to, um, I don't know. I, I can't speak. There's been so many people that have given me advice or really just been there for me to vent to when I've had stressful moments. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, my husband gives really great talks when I get really stressed and, and whatnot. And he comes from a business background, but truthfully, I don't know that I can answer that one. It's really been a combination of multiple um, people being in my life and helping me through moments, truthfully. Yeah. That's right. All right. Let's flip that question and we'll ask you for the worst piece of SEO advice that you have heard or continue to hear and you just wish that people would stop talking about it oh gosh um you know there's so many of those yeah. <laughs> it's hard um honestly i having dealt with people who've been penalized um i i really just i hate it when someone tries to um not necessarily at me, um, but just to people in general, they're just putting out bad information. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of it or, or things that are risky, um, so to speak. Um, go play with your own like things. Don't mess with someone's business <laughs> mm -hmm. um, is kind of my, my perspective. But um, I, I honestly, Go tell people tell me to just go buy links is probably one of the worst advices mm -hmm. um, that you can <laughs> that frustrates me. Um, you know, mostly because I've seen companies penalized for it. Nope, I don't like that. So, and again, I I, I try not to deal with links. So, okay, that works. All right. Um, how about? Um, for people who are sort of newer to the industry, uh, what do you think are some of the keys to long-term success? If, you know, they want to be doing this in 10, 15, 20 years from now. Like, what's it take to stay in this industry? That's a good one. Um, honestly, it really does take someone who's okay with being adaptable, mm -hmm. who likes to learn um, because it's constantly going to be changing and you really need to be able to be um, – able to emotionally handle that because it's very stressful mm -hmm. and um i have days where it's just you know you have clients coming to you and and their livelihoods are on the line and the livelihoods of their employees it's a lot of responsibility to shoulder um and so you definitely need to be able to 
to understand how important that is, but also be able to still get work done and not let it consume you. Um, it's probably best to have some sort of creative or de-stressor, you know, outlet in your life, like something that you can do when you have these moments. Um, and the other part really, I kind of touched on this earlier, but just get out there and be active in the community, build your friends and your relationships. Um, I, I've always tried to stay out of industry drama because sometimes there can be a lot of it, but ends up what happens is you become like close to people and you feel very protective of them. And mm -hmm. I, you know, even lately I felt like sometimes I'm like, Oh, I probably said something I shouldn't have and hurt someone's feelings, which I don't like to do. I'm, it really bothers me and hurts my heart. And I, I try to stay out of situations because I get that there's so many sides to it. And most people just don't see or even know what the other person was going through um, or they've been fed inaccurate data. So for me, like that's a big part of it. It's just trying to stay out of trauma. Um, and um, that, you know, otherwise you'll, you'll constantly be seen as someone who's involved in drama all the time. And, and I, I wouldn't recommend that. I really wouldn't. Um, I, I try to be as helpful to people as possible. I, I don't want ever anyone to ever not feel um, comfortable, you know, being in this industry um, at all. And everyone makes mistakes. Lord knows I've made plenty. Um, and I am like the queen of second chances. Um, I don't hold grudges. I know some people do. I, I never have been one of those people. So for me, I feel like that's, you got to let things go. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's helped me stay sane, to be quite honest. Um, but constantly um, that, and obviously just, just staying as educated as possible and, and be open to discussion and, and then test. And everyone says this, like, don't just believe everything you read, but you really need to apply it and run tests and things like that. Um, and that is just very, so very true. Yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there anything in particular right now that you're really excited about in the world of SEO? Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I just... I get excited about all of it, to be quite honest. There's so many new things. Um, I I love to see what people are doing. Um, I I think I can't. I'm really bad at remembering people's last names, um, or I worry that I'm going to pronounce them incorrectly. But there's this amazing guy named Paul. He runs a tech SEO boost conference. I haven't been able to make it work the, the last two years because I, well, I was in Dallas last year. But it looks amazing. Like mm -hmm. I totally need to be there one year. Um, they're doing some really cool stuff, and um, I find that fascinating. So for me, it's I want to learn more about one how to push myself, my boundaries on um, my capabilities on the coding side of things, and and that excites me because there's so many more things that we can do. Um, I want to learn more about. AI as it um, relates to search mm -hmm. and, and how to tap into that to mm -hmm. do analysis and stuff like that. And, and I like, I'm kind of excited about BERT and its processing um, of our content and that hopefully it'll help make better search results for us and, and be able to find um, 
better information. Cause honestly, like I always try my hardest when I'm working with clients or I'm producing any kind of content to make it as informative as possible. So I'm hoping if I continue to do that, that means we'll, we'll get better rankings, um, you know, and, and always trying to be better than the bad information that's out there. Um, I don't know. That's, that's really been exciting for me this year. Um, Again, big part is just on the technical side, it's how to constantly be making um, our sites faster and and stuff. I love new server technology. I love getting in through command line and SSH and, and I have a little, several test servers on, I actually have multiple ones <laughs> on different cloud servers. So I have a Google Cloud and Amazon one and DigitalOcean and, and I test, um, just different um, software and different databases and, and different stuff. Usually it relates to WordPress, like just making it faster and stuff. So <laughs> that is really what excites me. I don't know, I'm a geek. <laughs> it's already been established. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, my final question for you. What's next for Shelly? Uh, what's the anything exciting in the works for yourself? Um, I honestly, um, so this year for me, um, I've made it my goal, one, to do more writing. Um, strangely enough, I avoided writing for a long time, um, mostly because I didn't think I was any good at it. I don't know. Um, but I actually enjoy it. And I didn't realize that sooner um, when I, I like writing about the industry and different stuff. And, and so right up until this point, I really, really struggled with just finding the time to be able to do it. Um, and so that is my goal. I'm super excited about the Ask an SEO column this year. Yes. I think it'll be so fun. Yep. Um, there's already been so many great little questions that have come in that I'm excited to answer. Um, so that is exciting for me. Um, and really, I, I've, I've wanted to put together some more guides and stuff. Um, I, I mentioned that I've worked with um, some bloggers over the last couple of years um, in the food blogging industry, um, thanks to Casey Markey. Um, he kind of introduced me to the wonderful world of food bloggers. Um, and it's been really fascinating. Um, and so I have been doing all kinds of fun stuff, but I got the opportunity to speak at a food blogging conference um, back in, I think it was October, right after PubCon um, for one of the um, brands. Um, oh gosh, it's called Ad Thrive. It's a, um, an ad, one of the ad revenue or ad serving companies, ad management companies. Mm -hmm. um, and it was such a cool event and it was really neat in that like everyone that was there was just so ready to like absorb as much information as they could. They're so eager to learn and very uh, refreshing. It was totally different vibe and environment from when I go to like a digital marketing conference. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And I got to actually teach them about SEMrush uh, tools and how to use them um, in the blogging niche. And so I'm, I'm, I'm actually about 75% the way done with a kind of like a mini course, like a mini guide that'll totally be free. Um, but I'm kind of excited to put that out there to be helpful um, to bloggers because I actually, and this is nothing to do with Samrush did not ask me to do this at all. I just know how helpful this information would be for this niche. 
um, a lot of them have never even used the tool. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is mind blowing what it would do for you. Um, and so I've been excited to do that. So I don't really have an estimated day yet. Um, it's literally been in the works for the last year. So, <laughs> but I'm hoping soon, first quarter at least. Um, cool. Fingers crossed. So, um, yeah. And I don't know. I, I hope to actually get out. I, I keep saying that I'm going to get out of my PubCon niche and try to expand and speak at some other um, conferences. I just don't really take the time to to pitch. Um, I need to, um, but I just haven't. I usually always mean to, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to speak at SMX or, you know, just, um, you know, so many great conferences that there are out there, but I always miss the um, deadline to submit a pitch and I always forget. So, um, but I'm like, I'm like such a PubCon fangirl. Um, I just, it's, it's actually killing me because I'm not going to be in Miami this year. Um, oh, no. I know. So I'm really <laughs> Um, and it's my doing. Um, I just I've been at all the PubCon events really since I started speaking, um, and I needed a break mm -hmm. <laughs> in the spring because I'm actually going um, to Florida like just a couple weeks after that to chaperone my my high school daughter's field trip to Disney. Oh. Um, and so I'm like I'm like, do I really? It's mostly did I really want to take off that much time so mm -hmm. close together? Right. Um, it, it would be so, my clients would be getting so mad. And I really want to enjoy Disney because I am like super excited about all the Star Wars stuff. And I want to go off to Universal and see Harry Potter World because I've never been and it's like a crime. Oh, it's awesome. Um, You're going to love yeah, it. Yep. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm going to be there by myself, which at first I was a little sad about. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, these teenagers, they're, they're like, they're adults pretty much. I mean, they're teenagers. So they're obviously not going to stay with a chaperone. So we just have to, um, they have to visually send a uh, text message with a picture every hour and check in. So you have the little group. So basically I'm, I'm on my own mm. and I'm like, I'm going to explore. So, and I'm going to try to avoid taking my laptop and not going back to my hotel room and doing work. <laughs> well, good luck but, with that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I'm like, you're going to see me standing in the middle of the walkway on my phone, answering emails, <laughs> probably in everyone's way. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. But that's, right. that's our industry for but, you. Yes. But I am going to miss PubCon Miami, but I will definitely, I'll definitely be pitching Vegas. Sure. I am going to be in Austin. So I figured those two events was good this year. There, It's just, it, honestly, if no one's ever been to a PubCon event and you're thinking about conferences, to go to, it truly is such an amazing, you can't go wrong with any other events. Mm -hmm. I, the team is incredible. Um, I, they instantly made me feel like I was part of their family. And I, I mean, when I first went, I was so nervous. I didn't know a soul. I only ever knew of people on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And honestly, for a long time, I had kind of disappeared from Twitter. Um, I was cruising back in the early days <laughs> and then I disappeared like for a long time just because of family, um, you know, mm -hmm. kids and all that stuff. And, and so I felt like I'm like, no one's going to know who I am. 
Um, you know, I didn't even know anyone and it was just, I had to really push myself because I'm, I'm very social and very friendly when you get to know me. Um, but sometimes if I'm on my own, I, I'm like one of those people that feels so awkward sitting in a restaurant eating by myself. Like it's the most awkward thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to push myself. It was, it was not comfortable. And my first experience until I started to actually introduce myself to people. And, and then um, I met some amazing, amazing people and they have just become like my family. So um, I'm grateful for that. I can't even tell you. And a big part of it is all due to their team at PubCon and mm -hmm. just the way they make it feel. So, and the events are so educational. I mean, I've never heard of anyone who puts so much love and effort into planning out the event and making sure that they're providing like the best content and learning experience possible. I mean, Brett is like such an amazing organizer. So hands down, incredible. If you can only pick at one event to go through this year, please go to a PubCon. Yes. So. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, Shelly, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, talking to us. This has been a really yeah. fun discussion. I know. I like it. I need to do this more often. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that all right, so that does it for us for this edition of the Search Engine Journal Show. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, as always, we appreciate it. Uh, please tune in again next week for another great episode. New episodes drop every Thursday morning, so uh, be sure to check us out. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so because uh, you'll get lots more great interviews like this one every week from myself as well as from Search Engine Journal's Brent Sutoris, and we continue to swap weeks. Uh, and you can follow Search Engine Journal at SE Journal on Twitter. And you can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn with an easy search. Uh, and that's it. So if you want to follow me on Twitter as well, you, you can find me at Mr. Danny Goodman. Uh, so that's it. So long and thanks for listening.